Hello and welcome to the Global Venturing Review podcast, bringing you the biggest news of the week from global corporate venturing, global university venturing and global impact venturing. And this week it is just me taking over from Jim who kindly ran the podcast while I was occupied elsewhere for the last couple of weeks. What a week it's been. We have a lot of nine-figure deals and crossover deals between corporate and universities for you as well. But starting, I want to talk a little bit about a somewhat of a shock resignation from Wendell Brooks of Intel. In a tutorial last month from Jim on how economic downturns have a way of clarifying the order of priorities noted how, quote, the natural change in personnel each year seems to be being heightened by a supercycle effect as the units rotate in the next generation. The latest, and we will have a few more to be announced over the next month or so, is Wendell Brooks, Senior Vice President at the US-listed semiconductor and data technology producer Intel, and President of its corporate venturing unit, Intel Capital, who has resigned after six years. However, whereas most of these senior moves are well-trailed and headhunters often involved in succession planning for these senior roles, Brooks' decision seems to have been more of a surprise. Anthony Lin, who has been leading mergers and acquisitions and international investing for Intel Capital while making a part of its equity investing committee, will lead the organization on an interim basis while a search is conducted for a permanent successor, Intel said in a statement. A spokesperson for Intel added, quote, Intel remains committed to strategic M&A, venture capital, and our strong portfolio of Intel capital-backed companies, end quote. Late last month, of course, Intel announced it was delaying its next generation of chips. Its stock fell after the announcement as peers such as AMD and privately held Ampere, as well as the SoftBank-owned ARM, were seen as likely to benefit from the potential opportunity. Intel has effectively lost some of its way when it comes to its core business of making and selling chips in computers and servers as it moved towards becoming a more data-focused company. As Block Digits to Dollars noted as well of one of Brooks's first M&A deals, Intel's purchase of Infineon's mobile business Altera in late 2015, quote, In hindsight, the fact that Intel could never shift those field programmable gate array integrated circuits to internal production should have been viewed a major DEFCON 1 red flag. End quote. Brooks has not been in the engineering team, of course, but under CEO Robert Swan, who took over after the resignation of Brian Kranich last year, the company has pushed into data-heavy applications such as in-vehicle systems and games in a diversification strategy. Fortunately, Intel Capital has a strong team under Lynn as Brooks, winner of this year's GCV Innovation Economy Leader Award, delegated a large part of the operations and investments to the management, but has reduced its investors to focus on fewer but bigger and more diverse deals. The roll call of legendary investors trained at Intel Capital and since departed, such as Lisa Lambert, Marcos Battisti and dozens of others, has effectively seeded the venture ecosystem and spread its gospel of supporting portfolio companies and doing more together with other CVCs and VCs. This could be Brooks's ultimate legacy as he looks to stay in venture for the next stage of his career. We wish him all the best and we hope that he will stick around the venture ecosystem wherever he ends up next. He was certainly always a welcome voice at our conferences. Now then, let's move on to somewhat more regularly scheduled news, starting as always with the big ones. 
and what a big one it is to start with. Epic Games has confirmed a $1.78 billion funding round that included the $250 million investment announced by Sony last month. Regular listeners will remember, of course. The game developer had substantial success with the Unreal Tournament and Gears of War games, but it's the immense popularity of Fortnite that has lifted it to the $17.3 billion valuation it currently holds. Can't be coincidence, of course, the latest round was closed just weeks after the commercial release of the co-op version Fortnite Save the World. When it came to funds, we had quite a few, but the biggest one, China-based diversified conglomerate Bloomage International Group has anchored a culture and sports-focused fund with a $1.43 billion target for its close. Allen Asset Management Company, or also known as Allen AMC, an investment firm formed in 2016 by financial services firm Hana Financial Group's Hana Bank and Hana Financial Investment subsidiaries together with women's apparel brand Lancy, is also a cornerstone investor. Exits, we have potentially the biggest one ever. There has been a good deal of talk around prospective IPO for AND Group, formerly known as AND Financial, and now news has emerged that Alibaba's financial services affiliate is targeting $30 billion, that is 3-0, in a dual offering that would be the largest of all time. The company's investors also include China Post and China Life, and is chasing a $200 billion valuation in the flotation, which is reportedly being lined up for September or October. In university and corporate crossover news, we've got a few more for those in a bit, but the biggest one, Taysha Gene Therapies launched out of University of Texas Southwestern under four months ago with $30 million in seed funding, but it's already jumped Series A stage and added $95 million in a Series B round that included GV. Taysha is, like Freeline, which we'll get to in a bit, a gene therapy developer, and it is focusing on central nervous system diseases. It has 17 product candidates in its pipeline, and the funding is expected to help push its lead candidates into clinical trials. Now, let's take a look at some smaller deals, and when I say smaller, that is relatively speaking, as SenseTime is reportedly near to raising $1.5 billion at a $10 billion valuation in a round that will likely precede an initial public offering in Shanghai. The China-based image recognition software provider counts Suning, Qualcomm, Alibaba and Dalian Wanda as investors and have reportedly been considering the US as its destination for a public listing before being put on a blacklist by the country's Department of Commerce late last year. Agricultural product marketplace Indigo Agriculture has closed the $360 million second tranche of its FedEx-backed Series F round which now stands at $535 million. The new financing was made up of $260 million in preferred equity financing and $100 million in convertible equity, and the round reportedly values Indigo above $3.5 billion. Its overall funding has been increased to more than $1.2 billion. Several new players have joined China's grocery sector in recent years, and many of them count Tencent as an investor. Its latest move has been to co-lead a $358 million Series C round for Yipin Fresh, the operator of a chain of close to 924-hour grocery stores. Yipin's last round, a $298 million Series B round closed early last year, was also led by Tencent, and the corporate's portfolio of course also includes Miss Fresh, Xinjiang, Yao Zhuan, and Tongcheng Life. 
Despite the maturation of the ride-hailing space, transport continues to be a boom sector for investment. Automotive e-commerce group Auto One has pulled in $300 million through a convertible note round co-led by Farland Capital Management and Baupost Group that would have hiked its overall financing to $1.4 billion. SoftBank Vision Fund had supplied $565 million for Auto One through a 2018 primary and secondary investment and may have been one of the unnamed existing investors in its latest round. Xiaopang, the smart electric vehicle producer also known as Xpeng, is reportedly raising $300 million that will be added to a Series C Plus round that so far totals $500 million. Alibaba is among the purported new investors, having initially backed the company in its early 2018 Series B round. Xiaopang has so far disclosed $2.2 billion in funding altogether, its existing backers also including Foxconn, Yuka and Xiaomi. Farmers Business Network, on the other hand, runs an online platform where farmers can trade information on pricing and product performance, in addition to selling agricultural products and offering financing. It's completed a $250 million Series F round featuring GV at a reported $1.75 billion valuation, a hefty increase from the $1 billion valuation at which it last raised money in early 2019. Its early investors include Campbell Soup Unit, Acre Venture Partners. Lipu Biotech, a cancer immunotherapy developer spun off by medical device developer Lipu Medical, has raised $186 million in a Series B round co-led by Ping'an Capital, a corporate VC unit for insurer Ping'an, and Riverhead Capital, a private equity firm backed by insurance firm Sunshine Insurance. The funding came just over a year after Lipu Biotech received $131 million in a Series A round featuring its parent company and fellow corporates Sauzo Sharate Group. American Electric Power and Chevron Technology Ventures were among the investors that have provided an extra $127 million in funding for Electric Vehicle Charging Network ChargePoint, bringing its overall funding to $667 million. The company's earlier backers, of course, include BMWI Ventures, Daimler Trucks and Buses, Constellation Technology Ventures, Siemens Venture Capital, Hartford Ventures, Toyota Tsushu, LS Industrial Systems and LS Cable. Quantum computing is a still nascent part of the technology space, but Rigetti Computing is one of its frontrunners. Rigetti has confirmed it's closed its Series C round at $79 million, taking its overall funding to almost $200 million. The company's earlier investors include Bloomberg Beta, a participant in its Series A round. Moving on to funds, where we have Italy-based venture capital firm United Ventures, which has formed a growth fund with telecoms firm Telecom Italia, or TIM, with a targeted close of $175 million. TIM is providing approximately $70 million in capital for UVT growth through corporate venturing unit TIM Ventures. The fund will invest in late-stage domestic and international developers of innovative technology, especially in areas associated with 5G mobile infrastructure. Japan-based robotic process automation technology provider RPA Holdings has formed a corporate venture capital subsidiary called Open Ventures. The unit will back pre-seed and seed stage startups founded by young entrepreneurs working on technologies in areas such as automation, AI, IoT and regional revitalization. And on the university side, we have University College London or UCL, which has reached an initial close of undisclosed size 
for the $131 million successor to its UCL technology fund, the early-stage vehicle aimed at commercializing its life, computer, and physical sciences research. UCL will act as the fund's cornerstone investor together with British Patient Capital, the venture arm of government-owned British Business Bank. Unnamed existing and new investors have also joined the consortium, and Albion VC, the venture arm of Albion Capital, will again manage the fund, having also supervised its predecessor. It'll work in partnership with UCL Business, or UCLB, the university's commercialization company. And the vehicle is expected to focus on opportunities in the biomedical, AI, and advanced materials spaces. Exits, we have a selection of IPOs for you today. <laughs> Oak Street Health has floated in a $328 million initial public offering in which it priced its shares above an already expanded range. Health system Humana, its main customer, invested $50 million in the primary care provider in autumn 2018, and it'll come out of the offering with a 5.3% stake. That's a decent return in a relatively short time, considering the IPO values Oak Street at about $5 billion. Mick Commerce has also floated in an upsized initial public offering, raising $216 million after pricing its shares above an expanded range as well. The e-commerce software provider has received $219 million in funding from investors including Telstra Ventures, American Express Ventures and SoftBank prior to the offering, and the IPO price valued it at just short of $1.5 billion. And back to University College London, where Freeline Therapeutics has gone public on Friday in a $159 million initial public offering that also represented an exit for the university's UCL Technology Fund, as well as Novo, the pharmaceutical firm that co-led its $120 million Series C round in June. The UK-based gene therapy developer, which was founded by Syncona and which retains a near-majority stake at 49%, had raised $275 million pre-IPO, and it's going to be interesting to see if it gets the kind of pop we've seen a lot recently. Big Commerce's shares were three and a half times their IPO price by Friday. That is quite a pop within two days. And finally, some comings and goings other than Wendell Brooks's resignation. We have Stephen Cook, the Chief Commercial Officer for Group Technology at UK-based oil and gas supplier BP, who has been promoted to Senior VP of its Launchpad and Ventures unit. The move follows the retirement of David Gilmore, who had set up Launchpad as a private equity-style investment unit to complement the corporate venturing team at BP Ventures. Henry Chung, Vice President of Corporate Venture Capital in California for electronics manufacturer LG Electronics, has moved to head Carmega Hyundai's Cradle Silicon Valley unit. The role will also involve Chung taking a senior VP position. He spent 10 years at LG Electronics and led teams responsible for venture capital activities in North America and engaging in open innovation activities with venture-backed startups, top universities, accelerators and national laboratories. Philip Kirk has departed from networking technology producer Cisco to lead strategy, venture investments and acquisitions at US-based enterprise software provider ServiceNow as VP of Corporate Development. The move comes after 13 years spent by Kirk in the same role at Cisco, covering cloud, big data, analytics, infrastructure software and data centers. He was a board observer at two of its portfolio companies, MOOCsoft and Puppet Labs, until his departure. Victor Christou, former CEO of Cambridge Innovation Capital, a patient capital fund investing in the Cambridge UK ecosystem, has emerged after a brief hiatus to join private equity firm YFM Equity Partners. 
Christy will operate as partner and head of growth at YFM's London office, with a focus on sourcing growth stage investments in tech companies. And Derek de Vries has stood down as managing director of Berkeley Academic Ventures, the business partnership arm of University of California, Berkeley. De Vries has departed for a full-time role as general counsel at VC firm 500 Startups, though he will stay on with UC Berkeley as a part-time lead advisor for its aerospace-focused R&D hub Moffett Field project. There is actually an interview with Derek in our leadership series on this very podcast feed, so do go ahead, scroll down and listen to that if you haven't yet. And that is it for this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review podcast. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, comments, feel free to email me at thelis at globaluniversityventuring.com. That is T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can recommend us to your friends and colleagues. We always appreciate that. And thank you very much to those of you that have already done any of those things. If this is your first episode, do hit that subscribe button. We also publish a leadership series every Wednesday where we talk to a thought leader from the corporate venturing and university venturing worlds. If you're craving more news, head on over to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com and globalimpactventuring.com to catch up on everything that we didn't have time to cover in this podcast. With that, all that's left for me to do is wish you a productive week as always, and we will be back with you again next Monday with more news. Goodbye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.